You're listening to episode 169 of the 360 Vegas podcast. Check out the blog at 360vegaspodcast.com or send us an email at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. You can support the show when you shop on, on Amazon. Simply go to the blog, 360vegaspodcast.com, click on the Amazon banner, and go about your shopping. It's an easy way to give us money without giving us money. Day after tomorrow, gentlemen. We'll be in Las Vegas. Welcome to Vegas. Las Vegas functions on a 24-hour-a-day schedule. The casino. Big volcano out in front. That's the Eiffel Tower. Bellagio. Riviera. The Mirage. Flamingo. Sahara. The MGM Grand. This isn't the real Caesars Palace, is it? On a gamble. They always put the machines that pay off the most right in the front. Good luck. The strip is just the most amazing stretch of road, I think, probably anywhere in the world. Kicking ass in Vegas. Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. Welcome to Las Vegas. 25 days away. Can you describe the erection you're currently dealing with? (laughs) (laughs) Until we were hanging out again? Yeah. Oh, that seems surreal to me. I know. I don't... See, I have this thing, this ongoing thing with people who like to plan ahead and get excited. Because I'm like, I don't... I don't get excited the same way people do. I get, I build up a sense of frustration that it's not here yet. So I'm like a bad birthday person. Or I'm, a, I'm a bad Christmas person. Or like my puppy. <laughs> is your puppy a bad Christmas person? Uh, no, but he, uh, he is not a huge fan of waiting for his rewards. Exactly. So a lot of people love the planning. A lot of people love the anticipation. I love the actual consummation. There you go. We will be cons. They're consummating. I was going to say consuming. That doesn't make any sense. We were, well, I guess it could, but we well, like here's, a, here's a question for both myself and your audience. Oh, this is brilliant. Is there a schedule? Because I know you're putting together some cool things. Does it exist somewhere as it's, as things are being finalized, Scott, like on a web page or something? for fuck's sake. At the end of every <laughs> show, for the last four months, we've told you where all of the details of the 360 Vegas Vacation 2 itinerary is it is on the i'm skipping to the end of your notes yeah, it's, Let's it's, see. it's on our well i know i literally remo- removed it from the notes because i'm like we've been saying it for four months everybody knows except Ooh. my backup co-host <laughs> <laughs> i'm just going to continue to pretend to be brian and then we'll be cool oh, that's brilliant I no 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 don't be brian you're very the... unique i like your style <laughs> <laughs> well i'm excited to do some of this stuff because you're, it sounds like you're kind of going the extra mile to, to make it cool for people beyond just show up at this place at this time. Yeah. So, I, I, that yeah. level of planning is going to be fun for everybody. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I've always tried from day one to create the whole Vegas vacation concept was what is it that we do in Vegas? And, and I really borrowed it from when we brought friends to Vegas for the first time. Like, oh, you got to check this out. You got to check this out. And that was the original concept. And, and that doesn't lend itself, at least for me, when I when I do Vegas, it doesn't lend itself to go, oh, we're staying at this property. We're going to do everything here. It's like, no, I'm all over the place. And what's really awesome 
is how many properties or, or restaurants or establishments line up to go, yeah, no, no, that's all, yeah, we'd love to be a part of this. I mean, Twin Peaks was thrilled about it. Uh, uh, we, we've talked to Nacho Daddy about it. Uh, all of these places confirmed. Uh, uh, Yard House is, is hooking us up. Just super exciting. <laughs> the most amusing part, though, is you would think the Strip would be the property that's, or the, the area in which is most indecisive about working with, with you know, with a podcast, something, a form of media that we are. And it's the exact opposite in this case. The Strip, the, those that wanted to be a part of it, couldn't, I mean, they stepped up to the line as fast as possible, couldn't wait, bartered with one, literally tried to bargain for our services. Fremont, you would think I, I sent a snail mail letter and literally had Paul Revere himself deliver it because <laughs> the responses are abysmal. They're awful. It, it's like, oh, no, no, we're definitely interested in that. So like, give me some details. Here's the details. Crickets. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. But. Because it's, I mean, arguably downtown kind of, especially certain casinos could really, really really use the ex the business totally and the exposure agree. so I, that's disappointing I, I but they totally also agree. have you know these smaller staffs where yeah. everybody's looking around at each other going who handles this right. like what what is this thing right. it's not really a group room booking it's more of a group activity yeah. thing you know so they don't know what to do with it i think but it works out because i think every time i go down to fremont the thing that I enjoy the most about it is the properties right across the street. You're playing at one property, you're having a shitty time, let's go across the street and we'll try that out. So it's it's really further evoking the, the entire concept where when you go to Fremont, you have all these options. Where are we gonna end up? Who knows? But we're yeah. gonna have fun. Well doing it's interesting it that's the, what you like about Fremont, because what I like is nuns with their boobs out. No one's gonna argue with you on that. So. <laughs> Can you introduce me so people have some context for Scott, I my relationship myself. to myself. What makes you so much Las better? Vegas. Okay, here, I'm going to start, and I, I'm going to introduce myself. Fair he's enough. He's right here. It says, let's start the show. There you go. So he's Mark. I'm Brian, and we always start with random Vegas. See, now everybody thinks I'm Brian, so if I screw up. It's so confusing. Yeah. I could be that Australian guy. <laughs> I'm going to be talking to you at Las Vegas. <laughs> it's right. It's fantastic. Yeah, those who regularly listen to the show. What? Those who regularly listen know that this gentleman currently speaking on the other end of my microphone, or I guess the other end of the Skype connection, I don't know, whatever. My co-host this week is Scott, also known as at Dribble Glass on Twitter, as well as at Vital Vegas. And always a pleasure. Kindred spirit, you and I are. We are. I always have a blast. Thank you for inviting me back. Uh, the only reason I said that was because if people understand that I also work at Fremont Street Experience, then they'll realize yes. there's a reason I drop in uh, marketing messaging throughout the podcast. Fair, fair enough. And, and uh, <laughs> see, that's something I appreciate about you. Plug your ass away. Just make it known why. <laughs> yes. All well, right. I love downtown. Uh, loved it long before I ever moved here, long before I ever started working there. So I've never had a problem plugging the stuff that I like. Yeah. And I pretty much talk shit about the same shit that I used to talk shit about. So it, nothing has changed. It's funny you say that because I, I, I make a point to tell the various properties or establishments that we've been with or that are going to work with us for the vacation. If I've ever mocked them, if I've ever made fun of them and explained my – like I, I really try to put it out there. Like I think it was Twin Peaks that was like, oh, we're really thankful that you're here. I'm like, listen – if you didn't already impress me enough to 
to make you a destination. I mean, that that's that's honestly what it is. You don't need to kiss my ass at this point. You've already won me, and you didn't know that. And since you won me over b- before you knew, you know, that apparently impressing me had value of some sort, <laughs> that's why I'm filtering these people to you. You've earned it. So basically what it boils down to is the pressure's back on you. I'm like, oh, I've told them how awesome it is. Don't fuck up. Yeah. Well, Twin Peaks... That's great that you mentioned that specific example because I think that's one of the most underrated uh, dining establishments on the Las Vegas. It thing. is amazing. It's I know the the people before them were Hooters and Tilted Kilt. I I, I don't understand how. First of all, the twenty nine degree beer. How no one else came up with that blows my mind. But yeah, cold it, is very is very difficult as a, as a strategy so, of beer preparation. Well, know, like, Make I, it colder. I, I got an idea. Colder cold. beer. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I know what you're thinking. Cold, everybody does it. I mean, worse. <laughs> I want it colder. And I feel badly for that place because I think there's the, the kind of, I think Hooters has ruined restaurants for everybody because Hooters is a mediocre restaurant. The women are not genuinely friendly. They, it, it seems like they're in a salt mine. The costumes are awful, Good. and you're, you're, it's like a, a lunch that you have to endure. Uh, whereas with Twin Peaks, the boobs everywhere are actually secondary to the incredible food, the great drinks, the great atmosphere. And, it, and I often fear that people will walk by because they have a preconceived notion about what restaurants you're, are like. You're preaching to the choir right here with this because I totally agree with you. I mean, obviously, it's got the standard restaurant situation where it's attractive women, a little flirty, whatever, but this place, beyond the quality ice-cold booze, is really good food. Yep, and one of the best views in town. Oh, gorgeous. Top and five. Top five also, view in Vegas. Yes, and top five and a lot of uh, booze. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Always a bonus. But I tell people, you know, like, go for the chicken strips and stay for the, the ski shots or whatever. Well, skis. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and the thing I, I also love about them is it's not, like, I, I would feel uncomfortable for some reason taking Karen to, like, a Hooters. I have no issue taking her to Twin Peaks. Exactly. Yeah. Because it's, it's like good, clean fun. Yeah. It's wholesome. The, the women are wearing tight shorts and there's cleavage, but... They're not, uh, it's it's not, I don't even consider it suggestive. It just happens to be what they're wearing. Maybe it's because I'm middle-aged, but I don't, it's not like really, I'm not going there for that. Yeah. I love their chicken strips. I, you know, they would make a great sponsor for this show. Oh, that would I, be a great fit. I, I'm hoping, like I said, like I announced on Twitter, not only are they accommodating us, they're also throwing in free passes to anybody who attends to climb their rock wall. They've they really kind of stepped up to the plate when it, when it comes to their their specific event in 360 Vegas Vacation. You're going there for 360 Vegas Vacation? You know that? Scott. I'm going now. Good. You should. <laughs> <laughs> we have many, many of events all over the place. Nacho Daddy's confirmed. Yard House is confirmed. Uh, Twin Peaks is confirmed. We should do, you should do a live recording of people doing the Scorpion shots that you can play on a later podcast. Well, that I, 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 that's a great idea. I was thinking about periscoping the shit out of this trip, but that's, that's not a bad idea either. Because I have yet to see the, you can have the biggest biker, the the most masculine guy, and the minute they drink a scorpion shot, they turn into a little girl. Not <laughs> not to be sexist. Right, right, but. But yeah, they freak out and they they they. Uh, anyway, are, yeah. have we gone off the rails in the first three minutes of the show? No, not at all, Scott. We're oh. having a conversation. This is what people tune in okay. for. 
Twin this, Peaks. This is what people pay zero dollars for. <laughs> yeah, so screw you. <laughs> but yes, we should start a show. Random oh, Vegas, you already led me into it, so I'm going to give it to you. Slot machines weigh approximately 275 pounds. We got that from VegasChatter.com. That's why they can't find pants that fit. See, nice. Hey, yo! <laughs> Here's what messes me up with that. In a world where I have a new personal computer in my pocket pretty much every year, how the fuck have they not slimlined these things or, or skinnied them up or lightened them up or something? Mark, Mark, Mark. I'm currently reading a book, and it has everything to do with slot machines and slot machine design. Everything about slot machines are engineered with, with a very, very specific purpose in mind. They've evolved, but they haven't really evolved. I think we should, at some future date, talk about the world of slot machines, because oh. every page of this book is... It, my mind is blown. Vital slot info. <laughs> <laughs> it is absolutely amazing. The weight and the uh, like the the degree of angle of the screen, the sound, the motion. The, there is this whole inner working. I guess a lot of people don't care, but for me, my slot machine, my recent slot machine obsession. I was getting to the point where I was like, why do I feel drawn to this thing? It's not as interesting as a video game. Right, it's right. not, it's a lot of things it's not, but there's something that is, that draws me to it. And that as I'm reading this book, it's all about the science and the physiology of, of things like near misses or near wins and how the reels really have no connection at all to the, the outcome, like this random number generator and the way that works. Well, right, the random how... number generator is, if you just boil it down to its basics, is insanely boring. It's literally just a mathematical equation that happens in a fraction of a second to determine the outcome. And everything else is just the pomp and circumstance of telling you you've lost or, or right. won. It's like a thousand uh, kind of permutations per second. Right. So the microsecond that you touch that button, your outcome is determined. And now the wheels are just show. It's like this big facade of like, hey, look at all these, look at these wheels that you have some control over by when you pulled the lever or put your coin in or whether you touched it with your, whether you were sitting or standing, like it's already predetermined. Right. Anyway, so there's a lot of this kind of, and it really is like at this fundamental level, um, what they call it, a Skinner box. Right? So these experiments with the rats where they're pushing the lever and the food comes out. Right. And you don't, it's intermittent reinforcement. You don't know when the food's coming out. And so at this completely fundamental level, slot machines are built to play on that psychology. So now they're, they just passed this, oh, you might have it later in the show, but they passed this legislation where in, in Nevada you can now have uh, games that have a, this alleged skill factor. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. So to make them more like video games so that maybe a younger generation will will start playing slots and right, slots right. is going down. It's the illusion, this illusion of skill and this illusion of control. Right. Now they're they're kind of making it, it's just, it, it's a fascinating area. And there's all these little um, kind of like, there's this very interesting history about how someone will come up with an innovation and then for some reason, there's kind of this arbitrary decision like, well, no, this is, this is legit 
uh, chance in gambling. But this is it's too much. Like the example I think of is so when the reels are spinning, they they make the reels so that as you hit and your symbols show up, if you see an, uh, one of the results above or below the line, it, it psychologically feels like, oh, I almost did it. Yes. I'm going to try again. Okay. Yep. So this company, I guess it was a Japanese company called Universal, uh, decided, well, why don't we intentionally do that more? Because if that's, if that's a benefit to us as a machine, right. why don't we do it more? So they made it so you hit the button, the reels are going, and it's calculating not only are you going to miss by this much, but we're going to make sure that additional symbols show up. Right. So you're going to get more near hits. Mm -hmm. So they run this by the Gaming Commission, and the Gaming Commission, a lot of people thought this was because they wanted to protect their, you know, these, these American manufacturers, but they said, no, that's too far. You can have a machine that does near misses, but it's got to do it in a in a kind of random way. You can't have another program that's running trying to have more near this. <laughs> right. So I'm like, oh my God, like I didn't know any of this stuff. And I'm, but when I'm sitting there playing, I'm like, oh, I missed it by one. It's that right. phenomenon of like bonus, bonus. Oh, sh God. Right. And every, it happens so much. And it's always, you know, just above the line, just below the line. I'm like, oh my God. So there's this whole science and psychology to it that I find really interesting. I'm curious after I've learned more about it if it's going to change my view of slot machine play. I, I, I would. Be more... I don't want to feel like I'm the you know some there's a puppet master and I'm the puppet. Right. That's a lot. I mean I know I'm going to play and I'm going to win and I'm going to lose, but I don't want to think like I'm the. I'm just so I don't want to be the rat. Right. Yeah, That's right. the last thing I want to think because part of my Vegas experience is playing on the damn slot machine. I don't want to be. I don't want to be sitting there going, oh, my God, look what they just did. They did a near miss. And on this one, they and that sound effect they made where I bet a dollar and one seventy cents, they used the same sound effect as when I won 50 cents. Right. So now they're training my brain to think that almost win was a win. Right. And, the, and the human brain calculates and kind of experiences a, a, a small loss the same as a win. As soon as I found that, I'm like, oh, Hold the phone, <laughs> and I put in another twenty. Boom! <laughs> See, that's brilliant. I, I mean, I, I I'd be more than willing to to record a separate segment. We could throw into the river once you're done with that book. By the way, what is the name of that book? The book. It's rather thick. There's a lot of words in it. I don't really read, but this one is fascinating. It's called <laughs> "Addiction by Design: Machine Gambling in Las Vegas" by Natasha Dow Shul. So it obvi she obviously has come to a conclusion <laughs> about the machines and their goals and their and the downside of that but i you kind of get the feeling she's presenting information that supports the idea that there are detrimental effects of this hmm. and she'll throw out statistics like 30 to 60 percent of all casino revenue comes from people with gambling problem so i haven't seen that anywhere else right so i don't know but she's a she's a scholar so I've, I'm finding so you got, it quite you enjoyable. She's a scholar. She can't be wrong. Right. She went to school <laughs> and stuff. No, I would love to, to record a, a, a separate segment just upon this once you've, once you've completed that book. We should totally do it. Yeah. Very interesting stuff. And, and I, you know, my big question is, does this affect which games you play, 
how often you play, how much you like. If I'm coming to to Vegas for a weekend, one weekend a year, do I really give a damn? I mean, if I I've won jackpots, first spin, won them, has nothing to do with any of the stuff she's talking about. Right. (laughs) Anyhow, for future reference, that may have been your longest random Vegas ever. Oh, without a doubt. More than likely, if not double, triple. (laughs) Oh, and she also said that slot machines use 400 sound effects now. I, and did, like, I, I was trying to think back to like what okay. 400 and I think she's talking about these video ones but I'm like 400 seems like a hell ton right <laughs> are, you, are you bored yet no not at all no <laughs> no one of the things that that was fascinating about that is slot machines all have their keys uh, they're, they're all tuned to the to the chord C intentionally so that they don't clash with each other so when I read your tweet about that that there's you know over 400 sounds I'm like that's fascinating that they're 400 sounds, one machine, and all still in the key of C. That I just—it's—it's a—it the subtle nuances of what it what it takes to to run a successful casino with successful gaming. It's fascinating. Truly, that's our show for this week. All right. That's <laughs> <laughs> all we got for you. Suck it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> And here's our Vegas Mate Review of the Week. Yes, this week's review is Tim's May 21st review of Brand Steakhouse at Monte Carlo. Give it five out of chips. Five out of chips. Five out of five chips is what he gave him. Am I reading the... Yeah, you got to read the review. No, am I reading the review? Clearly, you're not a weekly listener. <laughs> I am! <laughs> but I don't remember... You're fine, buddy. Okay. Here's, the... here's the review by Tim with two M's for the Brand Steakhouse. Ate here last week, and it was great. Portions were huge, service was first class, and I honestly can't think of one negative thing to say. Perhaps it's a bit pricey, but you get what you pay for, and we felt that the price was fine when considering the meal and service. I've been waiting for this review for quite some time because I've said it before. The experience I had at Brand I I felt was disappointing. However, I think... A large amount of that is I, I I had built it up so much in my head for so long that I, like I almost think they couldn't have have risen to the occasion. So uh, it's seeing this one, I knew it right away. I'm like, oh, I got to share this with people because I was heartbroken. Possibly the most heartbroken I've ever been in a Vegas establishment. <laughs> so, but he got he gave him five out of five. I know, right? Which is why I picked it for this week, so I can go. Uh, see, see, don't listen to just what I say. Other people uh, think it's great. Don't, don't. I agree. Trust me. And and you know, I sometimes am cautious because I'll do reviews of restaurants. And, and then sometimes I'm like, this must be an off night. And I'm not going to kind of trash this place because it was an off night. Like, I think the Golden Steer Steakhouse, I think the Top of Binion Steakhouse, these are have a great reputation. The fact that I thought they sucked, I'm not going to go bashing these places. I didn't write a review of Golden Steer. I didn't write a review of Binion Steakhouse because I'm like, this is a, they're having an off night. So, you know, the service is off, the food is off, like... This can't be, I can't let this this visit taint the kind of overall appreciation that people have for these places. So maybe brand is the same way. See, and I, I, I look at it in a very similar but different way. I, I like to share my experience, but at the same time, we always remind people, don't listen to what I've said and go, oh, I'm never going to try brand because Mark said it, it wasn't good. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm sharing with you the experience I had. I felt it was disappointing. I want you to go out there and try it. I want to be, so many times I've said, 
anything I say negative about Vegas, I always hope I'm wrong. Always. But don't you want to steer wrong. people away from shitty experiences? Like, they hear about the Golden Steer or Binion Steakhouse that have these great reviews, and but like, I mean, you're gonna go blow 150 bucks on a mediocre experience when there's so many other better places to go. I, I don't. I don't value. Well, I, have, I have mixed feelings about it because I I, I, I want to share my opinion, but sometimes I think. God, I hope this was just a one-off, shitty experience. See, I don't value my opinion above anybody else's, so all I all whoa, I have to whoa, do... Whoa, 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 whoa. Right? <laughs> does that mean I have to be humble as well? Or how does uh, no, that... well no, I've been doing this for a while. <laughs> You're allowed to be arrogant. No, no, I, my opinion is by far the most right of anybody's I know. So The most right? To that. Oh, yeah, the most right. Yes. <laughs> the right no, I, I just, it, to me, it's... Our entire review segment is nothing but number one, entertain you. Number two, share our experience. That's th- those are the those are the two things that it's for. Well, luckily for Brand, I have not been to Brand, so I have no opinion. <laughs> They're off the hook. I don't understand what you're saying. That's I have not gone to Brand Steakhouse. No, I understood the fucking so words you were saying. I can't wrap my head around the fact that you haven't tried it, <laughs> considering it's it's. I have been to every other steakhouse I think in Vegas. But that does not uh, ring a bell. Hmm. I tell people to go to Old Homestead at Caesars, to go to SDK at Cosmo, SDK. and that's you will never need to go anywhere else. Well, see, now you have me intrigued because I adore SDK, and if if you would put that in the same sentence as Old Homestead, now I'm like, oh, well, apparently I need to check out Old Homestead. Yes, they're both they are both great. Old Homestead, I think, wins out, but um, yeah, those are. Unique dining experiences and well worth every penny. And you get kind of weird things like if you go to Old Homestead, get the meatball, kind of the last thing you would think you would get, but it's absolutely delicious. The gnocchi is delicious. Every steak is perfect. It's the first place I ever tried actual Kobe beef. Mm -hmm. Disgusting. What? Why do do people like Kobe beef? It's like gristle. Injected with gristle. Oh, Karen would lose her shit. She actually, it's not Kobe. It's um, Wagyu is what she does. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah I don't know. Right. I've had that. It's okay, but the true Kobe beef, it's gross. Yeah, but that's no reflection on Old Homestead. Just <laughs> get, get something non. They didn't invent it. <laughs> they just serve it. No, they invented Kobe. <laughs> oh, that did they? restaurant's like 139 years old. I think they invented cows. <laughs> I don't think there's any any basis to the fact. On that, on that statement you just made. <laughs> this show is making you skeptical. Okay, we're up to the twit pick of the week. We are. Enjoy this monologue. I'm going to interject. As you should. As you should. <laughs> it was possibly one of the worst mistakes in the history of Las Vegas. Even Boyd Gaming, the company that made said mistake, would have a hard time arguing with us. Caught up in the high-end Viagra Steve Wynn mickeyed into everyone's drink, a legend was destroyed. A solid low-mid to high-low property that was more than either of those descriptions. This was the fucking stardust, and while it didn't look nearly as cool as the picture at Summa Corp shared to inspire this monologue and win Twit Pick of the Week, it was still one of Boyd's top performers and its only presence on the strip. Considering what Steve Wynn has done for Las Vegas, he can be forgiven for influencing the stupid. However, filleted by the promise of high-end revenues by analysts short on talent, Boyd decided to destroy a legend in a misguided attempt to get a piece of the high-priced pussy. 
a move that should have cost everyone involved's job or at least their reputation for any ability to gauge the gaming market. In the shadow of the Stardust, Resorts World and their Asian theme look to take up residency, and we hope that they make a quality run of it. However, nothing, not even Encore Junior or whatever elitist bullshit Steve Wynn comes up with next, will ever be the fucking Stardust. Thank you, Atsuma Corp, for reminding us. Oh my god, did you know I was going to be on the show this week? I didn't, I didn't, but I appreciated your pause for effect. The Stardust was the first place I stayed in Las Vegas and will always and forever be, have a special place in my heart. I, I never got a chance to try it and it breaks my heart. It was, um, it had a Riviera feel, but without the sad. And I mean, I had been was, in there many times. I just, uh, I just never had the opportunity to, to, to stay at the property. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, Boyd did kind of what everybody was doing at the time, which was get on the bandwagon right, right. of it's going to last forever. It's going to be a windfall for everyone. We there, can get on the strip. amount of first, blah, blah, rich blah, people like, that will come and give us money. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. So I totally understand why they did what they did, but in retrospect, it, it was just it's just awful yeah. because that that place was a remnant of the past, but they, I don't know, they, it seemed relevant, it seemed fun, it had the kitschy element, but it had, like, I just remember, maybe more fondly than it deserves, but, like, the dealers and the staff, just, I don't know, there was just a quality to it. I very much remember it as, like, a, a piece of the best thing of Fremont on the Strip. Yeah, nuns with their boobs out. Right. <laughs> Are you trying to title this show, Scott? Are you trying to? <laughs> oh, well, I think it was a great choice of photo, despite the fact that every time I'm on, it's not a photo of mine. But I I think any homage to Stardust is a good thing. And I I will always hold it. I have a, I ordered a Stardust shirt on the onlines. Um, I wore it so much that it that it actually had holes in it and ordered another of the exact same kind because I'm so proud of my devotion to the Stardust. As always, we'll link to this Twit Pick of the Week on our blog, put it in our Flickr and Pinterest page, feature it on our Facebook and Google Plus page, Twitter header, as well as the enhanced version of our podcast. I love, last week, I loved having my Riviera picture on the uh, Facebook page. It was, it was absolute quality. There, it's... I wish I could say there's a formula, but I've said it before and I'll say it again. Karen helped me to develop this this process that all I do is I look at all the pictures that I think are great and I let the story tell itself. Whatever it is tugs at my heartstrings, that's what wins. Yeah. It's not... Uh, if people think it's photography-based, it's really not. <laughs> like, you don't have to be a professional photographer no, to all. win Twit Pick of the Week. It's... If there's a story, it does help that it's a good photo, but a lot of times it's just whatever strikes a chord in Mark's uh, loin. Yep. And then the story kind of unfolds about it. But So I would suggest everybody just keep keep tweeting because he uh, seems to have this, this eye for kind of interesting, quirky snapshots of Vegas, you know, now and in the past. And it's, it's all, I always look forward to seeing your choices. And I'm especially excited when their uh, photos taken by me, but they're always interesting, and I always appreciate the thought you give to, to um, giving your thoughts on the, the photo. Well, thank you. But of course, hey, should we do the news now? We should. 
support the show and look cool doing it. Zazzle.com slash 360Vegas is the merchandise store where you can get shirts, koozies, mouse pads, and anything we grant cool enough to adorn our brand. Zazzle.com slash 360Vegas. Check it out. <laughs> I'm awesome. You are. <laughs> I should go into pro- broadcasting. You are in broadcasting. Don't minimalize this, Scott. Don't minimalize this. <laughs> I am important to a lot of people around the world. <laughs> all right, let's just put it out there. We're talking about your mom and your wife again, right? <laughs> they are in the world, Scott. <laughs> okay, first story in the news segment. Am I doing it? I'd love to. Life is beautiful, 2015. Yeah. So this year's whoa, whoa, downtown. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Pump, pump the brakes, co-host. Jesus what? fucking Christ! There's still a format here, Scott. You read the what goddamn headline. I'll give you the story. All right. Oh, okay, and then I can do commentary. Absolutely. Woo-hoo. Jesus, this life is, like is your, beautiful. 2015. It's your third or fourth appearance, man. Life I'm, is beautiful. 2015. There it is. This year's downtown Las Vegas music, food, and art festival, but mostly music festival, announced the details of their third annual event this week as well as dates and ticket prices. First, the headliners. This year's lineup includes Stevie Wonder, Imagine Dragons, Kendrick Lamar, Duran Duran, and... Duran Duran! (laughs) How was your sound level on that? (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully my filters do a good job. (laughs) Loads of other bands will perform as well. (laughs) A a few we care to promote without compensation is Death Cab for Cutie, Metric, and AWOL Nation. The festival will be Friday through Sunday, September 25th through 27th. Three-day general admission tickets start at 255, and VIP passes run as high as 2500. Now, here's once again. I'm so glad this story came up while you were going to be my co-host. Is this really anything more than just a festival in an urban setting? Yes. Did you see the? Sorry. Damn it. It's awesome. Bonnie. Bonnie! Bonnie, I'm doing a podcast, you mother! <laughs> Sorry. Show some respect, Bonnie! Hey, I'm showing my... I'm watching my parents' dog. Uh, okay. Yes, it is much more than a music festival. Please, please, dole out why it's more than a music festival. I cannot Look wait, Scott. Lineup, Influence so, me. Tell compared me. Compared to Rock and Rio, oh, there's okay. been so much more buzz and positive feedback about this lineup. Well, the, it, the, the mix of acts, yeah. the fact that Ran Duran is playing yeah, at a Las Vegas venue, the prices are lower, the, you get the full you know, like music festival experience, but it's it's cheap, it's downtown, people are excited about it. Okay, but the thing is you're still confirming that this is a music festival. What I'm trying to figure out is they, they keep really focusing. Obviously there's food and there's good food at, at any music festival whatsoever. And they're trying to throw this whole art thing into it and I'm like, it seems like you're kind of shoehorning the, the whole art thing in here. I like the charm you're trying to add, but ultimately, is this just not another music festival? Uh, yeah, it's a music festival. Well, thank you. But all that other stuff is just kind of flavor. But at right. least it's better flavor. Like Rock and Rio, their flavor was fucking people hitting plastic drums like they do on Fremont Street. Oh like that was the flavor. You're on the UK Street. Here's a guy standing on a ball and balancing on it. It was stupid. Wow. It was like the most contrived thing. But then, but I don't know. Life is beautiful to me. When I went, I don't know. I, there was no Duran Duran, but I just felt like it was. You get a different kind of people, a different kind of, you know, a better quality of ecstasy. I think that's really... 
Ultimately, <laughs> that's what you're going for. You have that local magic in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's encouraging. I did always think that Life is Beautiful had a very adorable urban feel to it that you couldn't really get in many other markets outside of Las Vegas because of the neighborhoods in which they've developed themselves. So I totally get where you're coming from with this. But the thing that ha had always frustrated slash amused me is they really kind of focus on this whole, oh, and it's an art festival. But like, I don't think anyone gives a fuck about your, your art. I think they're coming to see Imagine Dragons and fucking Duran Duran. Correct. Yeah, okay. And, that's that's and, all I wanted yeah. was confirmation that I was right on that. Yeah, it's just better programming. It's, I don't know, there, there's a lot to like about it. Good for them. I'm a, I, I'm a big fan. I've said it before. I if The idea of urban living has never really appealed to me, but there's something, and obviously I'm incredibly biased because I love Las Vegas in general, but the idea of living urbanly in the, in the Fremont downtown corridor I think is adorable. Uh, Container Park, the, the, the dog park that they have there, all of those things just tug right at like, oh my God, that would be amazing to walk my dog by this giant fucking fire hydrant kind of a thing. This seems like another one of those things. So I, I am happy that you confirmed that they are full of shit in some cases, but still, you can pull these kind of names. Uh, you should be a little proud of yourself. Yes, I think they did a great job. Oh, you want an exclusive? Oh, oh always. Okay, so... I hear, word on the street is, that you know how the Fremont Street Experience does these light shows that are kind of like devoted to a band. You got right. your Bon Jovi, uh, The Who, and all this. From what I hear, one of the bands that's headlining at Life is Beautiful is going to be doing a new light show. Mr. Duran, right? Fremont Street Experience. So I can't say which one. Oh, wouldn't it be awesome if it was Duran Duran? I thought you interluded, or I thought you alluded to the fact that it was uh, Duran Duran. Or, oh, no, 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 that was the residency. That's right. That was the residency that they thought would be really yeah, he cool. Was, which... I think he was just kind of, he was being whimsical. I don't think. But, I mean, I in this day and age, let's be real... honest, between what? Palms and, and The Joint, they, uh, oh, my God, all you have to do is drop a hint that you're like, hey, did you see how many records we, we sold? Yeah, we'd be interested in a residency. That's how you get people to start calling you. Oh, I see what you mean. He was kind of, he was saying we'd be open to that. Yeah, we're and totally interested. Up. Give us a call. Uh, well, I hope somebody does that because that would be cool. it's got to be easier than being on the road. You're going to be the best. They actually sing live. It's yes. not like tracks like Mariah Carey or Celine right. Dion. Like they're actually talented. And I, I like bands. them. I, I, I would buy I a them. ticket every every week during their residence. I would totally see, well, I don't know, I'm not, I wouldn't buy one every week, Scott, but I would totally <laughs> go to see Duran Duran live in Vegas. That'd be amazing. Yeah. They, they put on a great show, yeah. and they, they are very much attuned to what the audience wants, and they, they their set list, you know, you're Mr. Set List, right? Right. They make sure that every note hits, that every song that you want to hear is going to be on their damn playlist, and their encore is going to be exactly the song you want it to be. Like, right. they're not, they are crowd pleasers. They yeah. All right. On to our second item in the news. Weird Al, Vegas residency. When his five-night residency at Planet Hollywood showroom was announced, speculation began that Weird Al Yankovic was doing a dry run for a potential long-term residency. However, those hoping for the latter shouldn't hold out hope unless steady work is more the goal and steady attendance is not. Only three nights into the run, the theater was only half full, so much that the balcony was completely closed. 
The show was described as entertaining, however slow, due to the excessive amounts of costume changes. I find this review very disappointing because I thought it'd be really amusing to see him. However, I totally get how he would have the same kind of trouble filling an entire venue as maybe your day your day shows, maybe? Yeah, I don't know. I wanted it to be successful. I, I'm with you. I, I Like I said, if I could have had the opportunity to see him while I was there, totally, without a doubt, would have done it. But, you know, I, I understand he, he's a... He's a limited market. Yeah, it's a novelty. He, he acknowledges like it's always been a novelty thing. Right. He was shocked when he got when he when his last album did so well. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that that I don't know. It's a it's it's a weird quirky show. It it all kind of falls on him. Mm-hmm. I feel badly that it that it didn't live up to expectations. But it's better that you find out before right. you launch this whole big. Like I could totally see it lasting for years and years and years if. There wasn't an, such a negative stigmatism attached to the idea that he's not selling out an arena. Like if he was, like any of those day shows that you've seen, you know, that, that is only catering to it, half a crowd if they're lucky. I think he could do years of a residency. However, there is a brand name there that, by continuing to perform in venues that are less than sold out, all you're doing is degrading your brand. Yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it's a good fit. But yeah. I would think that he has a, enough of a kind of following, and it'd be fun to see him do these things live because right. you've heard these songs for years and years and years. I mean, he's had so much more longevity than people expected Absolutely. for, no, for I'm, I'm totally song parodies. All right, Pond Plaza signage. Yes. Vegas City Council awarded Rick Harrison and the Pond Plaza Container Park Project the neon signage exemption they requested. Normally, any business located on Las Vegas Boulevard between Sahara and Washington Avenue, which is well north of Fremont Street, are required to have signs to either be animated or illuminated by at least 75% neon, otherwise known as the most unignorable signage ordinance since crucifixion. (laughs) Harrison, (laughs) you know what's funny? I wrote that awful, awful joke that (laughs) luckily you just let fall on deaf ears. And I'm like, that could offend some people, or they could be like, you're an idiot. I think it was the latter. (laughs) Regardless. Harrison's argument is that the park, made of old shipping containers, is too modern to feature neon signs. He argues that the seven-foot-tall, welcome-to-fabulous Las Vegas-inspired roof sign and another animated LED more than capture the spirit of the ordinance to exempt the three other signages that don't comply with that. In truth... Harrison said he could have lived with either decision. He just preferred to have control of all design decisions. What are your thoughts? Uh, I'm a big fan of neon. Yes. I don't get that everything has to have neon. It's, I think it's an antiquated ordinance or whatever you call that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of like the idea of this little thing next to the pawn shop. So I'd say let them do, you know, like when somebody spends some money, let them do their thing and as long as they don't screw up and make it super ugly, right? Let them do their thing. Well, let's be honest. Beyond Strat, and even before Strat, a little bit beyond Stratosphere, before you get to Fremont, is pretty scary. I mean, it's kind of Hooker Row, I believe, is what they refer to it as. So, if you want to, I mean, 
what are the odds that something like this even happened? That this pawn shop becomes this major television hit and it fucking people line up to see it and it's a whole thing and you can actually create a business like this? Let's be honest, Scott. I, you and I love Las Vegas and that period or that, that, that stretch of land, there are too many entrepreneurs going, you know what we need to build? Something in between Sahara and Washington Street. That's what we need to do. <laughs> yeah. That's For the most part, the people going. along that stretch are saying, you know what we need to do is lower our price on crack. <laughs> we need to move more product. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, I say let them do their thing. They're making it. They're kind of doing what Tony Shea is doing, which is he keeps pushing the shit out. You know, like even if it's another half block pushing it out, right. pushing it away, kind of just put in more businesses where there's security and there's more lights and more, uh, you know, this is a destination for people. They're coming to look at the pawn shop. There's yeah. really nothing to do. So go next door and have a, have a drink. And I, I think it's a great idea. And so I, I would hate to think that our, the, the Las Vegas City Council is a very strange animal. And I've had a number of, of interactions with them now. There are, there are a lot of people in that in that world that are just, they have a lot of very interesting ideas. And so every once in a while, they'll make the right decision. I'm always just happy to see that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Flip a coin. Come on. Sometimes it's heads. Yes, it's heads. <laughs> All right. We're moving on to the Cirque's Cabaret. While in production for quite some time, it's fitting that Cirque's first new show in the Vegas market since announcing it has sold majority ownership is Baz. Baz is Cirque's take on the cabaret show. Minus the Cirque bendiness and usually death-defying segments, the show is less story-driven and more vignettes of iconic musical-slash-theatrical moments. Featuring the works of Baz Luhrmann, films like Moulin Rouge, Romeo and Juliet, and Great Gatsby are featured. The production features a six-piece band with the cast performing numbers and scenes such as Lady Marmalade, Kissing You, and Crazy in Love. The only real apparent narrative is love and its intense effects on people. Baz is performing at Cirque's nightclub run at uh, Mandalay Bay called Light. It is located not really far from MJ's One Theater. Shows start at 8 p.m. Friday through Monday, dark on Tuesdays. I, I think I messed that up. They're dark on Tuesdays. They're open every other day. <laughs> Admission starts at $55. I'm not much of a fan of stereotypical Cirque. I mean, so it, it it should really come as no surprise that I find this show very interesting. And had Karen actually been able to accompany me to 360 Vegas Vacation 2, I imagine this would have been on our docket of things to see. But I, I get it. I appreciate it. I don't... I, listen, please don't misunderstand that. I don't think that what Cirque does is ridiculously amazing just not in my entertainment palette and as far as karen goes and i i only want to share this because i'm slash embarrassed slash curious if anybody else buys into it for some reason and i feel bad for this poor woman for some reason i have this weird thing where anything i can experience that i feel has value i want to experience it with her even if she herself doesn't find any value in the experience <laughs> Like, I'll wander around a casino, Scott. No bullshit. Yeah, I'll wander around a casino. I'm listening to the, to the ambiance, and I'm looking at the tables, and looking at the dealers, and just the space, and the energy, and the vibe. And, and I'm like, wow, this is really amazing. Look, look at that. Oh, it's fantastic. And she's like, it looks like a casino. We were just at one. Looks like another casino. 
And Take I, me to the bar. But yet I will drag her to everyone. I'm like, oh, but but let's let's look at this other one. I'm like, Mark, it's still gonna be a casino. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't know what it is that you want me to see here. <laughs> I don't, I'm with I don't you know. on this. I'm fascinated by the whole realm. To me, that's the show. The entire the, yeah, to just kind of take, soak it all in. Yes. Now, but do you do you force your significant other to experience that, or well, I guess she actually would enjoy it because she's also involved in the market. I can't say she loves. She wouldn't love walking to a casino absorbing. She's more where's the restaurant? We're going to the show. Let's get to the show. Oh, so she is more like Karen. Karen's very much. What are we doing? And I'm like, yeah, well, destination based. Well, we're going as to, to you know, soaking in based. Yeah, we're going into the link to to check it out. Like, what do you mean? What, what are we going to check out? I'm like, well, the, the property. We're gonna. <laughs> we're, gonna feel the, we're gonna feel the vibe, like for fuck's sake! Can I just what do you sit? Mean we don't have an can I sit at a video poker machine and just play, and then you come get me when you're done? Like, well, I mean, that's, I wouldn't prefer that, but I mean, we can do that if that's what you want to do. <laughs> I, I, I've eventually learned. I'm like, uh, babe, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go stroll the strip. Like, oh, thank God you didn't ask me to do it. <laughs> She's off the hook. Yes. <laughs> Well, the cabaret thing is very, uh, very specific kind of entertainment. So whether Cirque is involved or not, it's cabaret. So if you love drag shows, if you like the Manelli style of jazz hands, I'm sure you're going to love it. But I won't be there blocking your view. Let's just say that much. Okay, uh, we're moving on to Monte Carlo Booze and Bites. And since I said the word booze while you're reading this, I'm going to go refill my drink. As you should, and I'll share the story. Monte Carlo announced their new monthly food booze pairing events at the property. Every month, a different restaurant will host a five-course meal featuring a different alcohol pairing. The first is at the pub this Wednesday, May 27th, brought to you by Boston Beer Company. On Wednesday, June 24th, Jim Beam will be featured in a bourbon pairing at Double Barrel Roadhouse. And lastly, on Wednesday, July 22nd, Diablo's Cantina will offer a tequila pairing on the second floor of the establishment. However, menu details were not disclosed. All events start at 6.30 p.m., cost $65 per person. Details about the menus are available at Monte Carlo's website, which is also where you can purchase tickets. For your convenience, we will also have a link on the blog. What are your thoughts on booze pairing meals? Uh, I've never, never really understood it that much. Really? I'm a. I can make my own choices. I drink Captain and Diet. It doesn't matter what I'm eating. <laughs> I pair everything with Captain and uh, Diet. See, see, that's different because I'm a bit. Uh, I, like Karen has many times said that I'm very much like a like a wine person where. I thoroughly enjoy my beers. I love a, a, I have a vast palate when it comes to beers. Love the idea of, of pairing food, like having a, a professional chef say, this beer pairs very well with this meal. The problem is I'm such a giant coward when it comes to meals that I'm like, eh, I don't like the food you want me to eat. I'll totally yeah. drink that beer, but yes. not so much about that food. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a, I'm not as much of i I'm not open-minded to it. Did you hear the story I broke about the Monte Carlo? Which one? Tell me. That the Monte Carlo is going to be rebranded. Of course I Scott. Did we talk about it at some point? Yes, many months ago. Was yeah. I super interesting? As a matter of fact, I actually think we referenced <laughs> it in prop bets. We, we further... No, wait a minute. Oh, you know what it was? Last week. That's the difference, buddy. 
last week I said, oh, you're, I see, did you listen to last week's show? Yes. Okay, well, I referenced it on last week's show. I said, Ooh. you know, because, you know, a, as Vital Vegas reported to us months ago, Ooh. it has finally been confirmed that Monte Carlo is going to rebrand. Oh, maybe I didn't get to that part. Sorry. Well, um, thank you for, for the mention. Yeah, and then, uh, uh, what's his name? Murin is like, um, yeah, specifically in reference to that, uh, we're, yeah, we're open to anything, which I know, is right? yes. So <laughs> thank you very much, Mr. Right. Murin, for personally confirming my story. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it was pretty, uh, pretty much based on there were people who were looking at taking part in that, that they're, they're, they want to bring on. So everybody was talking about it. I uh, kind of dug a little deeper. And I, the only thing I can't find out is the new name because I'm not sure they've landed on it yet. I mean, it, it makes sense because of what it is they're trying to build. However, my concern is so much of that is clearly skewed towards New York, New York. So don't make Monte Carlo New York, New York Jr. Just don't do that. I mean, I get the park. Central Park-esque. You have a giant uh, stadium that you're building at the end of it. That's very similar to the Barclays or the uh, Madison Square Garden. So I, I get where you're going with that. Don't, and, I, and I'm not saying Monte Carlo is a, I mean, I, it's it's a top quality product uh, as far as their place in the market. They they work their ass off and, and they're, full disclosure, they're a property that has worked with us from day one so of, of course i have an affinity for them and something else i respect the shit out of them i, I remember when i first started doing this show monte carlo quickly uh, approached us and said something about uh, 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 us going to go see i think it was jabberwockies yeah it was it was jabberwockies they're like oh we'd love to give you comp tickets to jabberwockies and being the person that i am I'm like listen I, I i i love this idea i would love to take comp tickets from you but what i i want to make sure is clear is that if I think this show sucks, I'm gonna say it on my show. Are you are you cool with that? And they're like, no, 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 good. We we just want people to see it. We want to get your opinion out of this thing, and we did like it. Uh, I mean, we we weren't overwhelmed by it, but it's you know we were like, yeah, it could have been better. Could have done this, and they their their interaction with us, their participation with us, their affinity for us did not waver in the slightest because of anything we've ever said about the property. And I've always tried to do that with every property we've ever worked with. Like, you know, we have made fun of, uh, like, like, as a matter of fact, um, working on, I guess, I guess I'm kind of disclosing a, a future promotion we have working here. The the same folks that, that sponsored the uh, Frank, the man, the music, also sponsors Lipstick at Venetian. And they were like, oh, we should do some kind of a promotion with that, give out tickets. And I'm like, I love that idea. We should totally do that. I want to make sure you know this, though, just in case you weren't aware. I have pretty aggressively and rudely made fun of that, that, <laughs> that concept. But I have to be honest, virtually everything I say, whether it is positive or negative, actually more, more than negative, is that I'm just trying to be funny, and if, if I don't like something, it's more of a disappointment because I think you can do better. But ultimately, I, I, I did mock those shows. So is that cool with you guys? <laughs> and they were like, no, 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 that's that's fine. We don't, we're not going to cut off ties with you. So I, I thoroughly respect any property that gives me the ability to say, you know, hey, can you promote this show first? Like, absolutely. And like, oh, we'd love you to see it. Absolutely. I think your show is a fucking abortion. Like, 
we tried. We tried to encourage you. Usually when they say it's okay, it, it's they're coming from a place of confidence rather than insecurity about right. the, the offering. Yeah. So if they're cool with, you know, like, it's like a restaurant review. If you write a restaurant review and it's fair, people that are confident in their product know, hey, we're taking this as constructive criticism as right. opposed to this asshole criticized our show or our restaurant. We're never going to contact them again or be right. involved with them again, which has happened to me. See, and I, and I always try to convey, with, with as rude as our show can be at times, and it's really just my sense of humor, that that it's it, it literally really is. This is me, a guy that adores everything that's Las Vegas. And if, if I'm saying, oh, this was a horrible experience, it's really more uh, of kind of like a parent looking at a child going, you can do way better than that. I'm so disappointed in you. You know, at the age in which that that actually means anything to you, because <laughs> I, re- I remember there was a certain period in my life as a child, like going very disappointed, like dodge that one. But <laughs> you reach that certain age where, like, oh, it breaks my heart that you're disappointed, <laughs> and that's really where where it comes from. And it's also one of the reasons why when we developed the idea for reviews, once again, I think we talk about this certainly in this show. But I've had a few beers, God, I won't let you. That, oh, that if we, if we, <laughs> I'll have to keep things moving. Right. <laughs> now it's, I think that's now it's on, on you, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the same reason I always say, regardless if my my experience is, oh, this is the greatest place ever, or this is the worst place I've ever had, try it for yourself. Because my experience is not indicative of how this this entire property should be judged. It's it's also why I'm a big giant supporter of Rate Vegas. It, it's the collective conscious that decides, you know, what what the actual experience you should expect to have somewhere. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah I'm on the other side of that because if I say don't go there, you are going to waste your money and your time. So we agree to disagree on that one. I adore you, Scott. <laughs> All right, we're moving on to vintage. I love you too. Uh, vintage Vegas preservation. I'm so interested in your thoughts once we're done with this. In an attempt to save the creepy but visually adorable motels and their signage that adorn the Vegas Strip beyond Stratosphere, the Historical Preservation Commission is working with the Neon Museum and the Nevada Preservation Foundation to come up with a plan to save that charm. However, the best idea they've come up with is a tour of the places they find most charming regardless of Hooker and John traffic. They are calling it Motor Court Magic mid-century architecture and the roadside motel. The plan, quote, is to create more awareness beyond the buildings and these structures, unquote, claiming they play a vital role in the development of the community. That tour was Saturday, May 23rd. Admission was free. While we tease, I hope the people that attended have a metric ass ton of disposable income to write off as charitable donations because this endeavor is futile. I would love to see these places survive, and I would have attended this tour had I been actually in town on May 23rd. However, unless these establishments are relocated someplace between Mandalay Bay and SLS, I can't imagine even the most diehard listener ever doing anything other than looking at these places amusingly while they pass them. That is, unless they prefer the type of thrill that involves the initials V, H, and I in some specific order. Unless they create some sort of ordinance where sex workers aren't taxed for their profession or or they're allowed to set up shop and, and pay no, I, I don't know, it, make them legit within the city limits. I, I, I don't see these buildings lasting beyond what their external structures are. Unless maybe, I don't know, maybe if they did something like, 
like if you kept the structure in in this certain format, but you set up business like, oh, I'm a doctor, but I know it looks exactly like a motel, but I'm totally a doctor over here. But I, I don't have to pay any taxes because I'm in here. I just, I, I don't know. I don't see these adorable pieces of 60s and 70s Americana lasting in this landscape in 20 to 30 years. So enjoy them while you take the deuce to and or from Fremont Street. I have to believe you know the exact area I'm speaking about. What are your thoughts on not just the area, but any chance of their preservation? The here, well, I'm quite knowledgeable about this whole realm. Uh, the technical term for the uh, motor courts they're talking about are shitholes. <laughs> so the shitholes that they're talking about. I was taking a drink, Scott. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. These places are so absolutely shitty. They serve a very specific purpose. Exactly. Okay. Prostitution so areas of business. Right. No Las Vegas visitor stays there, really, other than strippers, because strippers fly into Vegas for specific weekends, and they need a shithole to really? stay in that's cheap as hell. I didn't know they that. They can go work the club. Do they have guest strippers? Leave. Oh, most of the strippers that perform in Vegas... Strip clubs are from other cities. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. If you go to the airport on, a, on like, a, a Friday afternoon, right. it's pretty much stripper central. <laughs> it's all strippers in transit. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, and I, my only experience of ever being inside a room at one of these lovely shitholes was I talked to a stripper for a couple of hours. Slash hooker. And she invited me over to her room, presumably to continue our um, interview. I imagine the so discussion I, was what she was <laughs> what she was encouraging. Yeah. We went, and I went in. And you and I are adorably naive, Scott. The shithole was the room is a microcosm of the shithole as a whole. Mm-hmm. You, these women, they are living in. It's like a some kind of horrible sweatshop. In Scott, India tell me you somewhere. turn the lights on and you see roaches scatter. Yeah, horrible, Fucking. like, but they're so cheap, people continue to do it because for a Idea. stripper, that's your overhead. You're right. Right? So I went over, and I was, I literally talked to this woman for another half hour and left, uh, as was appropriate. But it, it was just a reminder of what function these buildings serve. There's nothing glamorous or romantic. There's no magic. To call it motor court magic is an insult to magic <laughs> and motors and possibly courts. <laughs> so on every level, down, there's class action lawsuits coming, Scott. <laughs> some of the signs are worth saving. They're adorable. I totally agree with you. And yeah. I get a world in which there was a value to them, but that world is not here. <laughs> <laughs> There's no redeeming quality. No. If you're going to spend money, and the Neon Museum can't do everything, they they need to be saving important Vegas signage yes. like the Riviera sign. Yes. They don't need to be wasting their time on the fun city side. I mean, it's just it's this stuff is disposable buildings, disposable architecture. It doesn't. If they think this, you know, is important to the community, that. They're just wrong. It has nothing to do with the development of the community. See, I think the it's a area remnant is adorable, of another time but I, and not a good time. I, I think the area is adorable, and I and I love the 
the vintage quality to it and how it kind of captures a time. But you're absolutely right. Like, I can't, fa honestly, the only way I can imagine these structures, if their goal is really to save these structures and their signage the way that they are, the only way this is even possible is if they completely rezone the area where it, it basically becomes doctor's offices or, or other places of business that just happen to be these really oddly looking you know, motor coach areas. I mean, that's the only thing I can think that is like, you have to completely redo what these things actually, what, what purpose these things actually serve. Otherwise, you're really just trying to hold on to hooker huts, man. Yeah, they serve no purpose. Yeah. Let them go. Okay, we're moving on to the part of the show we call prop bets. Prop bets are an extension of the news, but with just bits and pieces and slightly less rambling by us. Yeah, only slightly. Okay. Las Vegas experienced a 4.8 magnitude earthquake on Friday. No one was hurt that we know of, and nothing was significantly damaged, but everyone couldn't help but reference that the Harmon's being dismantled because it wasn't structurally sound to handle earthquakes. I was uh, working at the time downtown on Fremont Street, and it rocked. Was it, was it a beast, 4.8? Yeah, it was a pretty solid uh, hit. I uh, was in the Northridge quake in L.A., I experienced a ton of earthquakes there. This one was a solid um, right in the middle. It wasn't Northridge, and it wasn't just a slight shim shimmy. Mm -hmm. This one actually felt felt pretty strong. And I, I think that along the way, people have been talking about the Harman and that they were taking it down. I think a lot of people thought, well, you know, what's the real threat of an earthquake, ha right, earthquake right. happening? But it's obvious fall, that right? you, you do not want to have a building collapsing on people. That does a lot of damage oh, to your you, PR. Can you imagine what that would do <laughs> to the Vegas market? Oh, my God, that would be so fucked. Yeah. Oof. So it was a it was a pretty good hit. It closed one on ramp, and of course oh, the that. local had media had an orgasm yeah, because yeah, yeah. for them it was like, you know, like our 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 weather persons <laughs> when they have a rainy day they get to do something different. They're like, holy shit! Like, I know we're in Vegas. Something happened. <laughs> yeah, something different happened. It's got to be like the same pe same thing with the people in Southern California. They're always like, well, it's 75 and sunny. I don't I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> The, the worst thing to happen from this earthquake yeah. is um, in 2014, when I first started at Fremont Street Experience, I, oh I borrowed that picture of the, it's like a, a table and chairs outside, and it, the chair, one of the chairs had fallen over. So the caption, and I've seen it for years, the caption read, you know, we will rebuild or whatever. So uh, when I started at Fremont Street, I changed the graphic to say uh, winter, uh, Las Vegas winter 2014, we will rebuild. Well, that thing was shared like 200,000 times. And I think it was because it was the first time somebody had thought, hey, we could kind of relate this to something Vegas related. Right. The worst thing about the earthquake on Friday was every news outlet, every print publication, everyone in social media did the same joke I know. over and over and over Scott they used different pictures they used you know like um, you know literally uh, and I did it too for Fremont Street I did a little slotzilla shot glass but I'm allowed to do it because I'm the one who started it <laughs> being related to Vegas I stole it initially so when everybody else steals it you know who to track it back to but I actually felt guilty because like I I created that monster everyone used it and just by the hundredth time it was being done it was just so trite and painful. All the local news stations did it. 
the, I think the RJ, like everybody did. I'm like, oh, just put me out of my misery. Think of a different joke. Scott, believe me, I'm quite aware of it. One of the things that I pride myself on is I, I like to get as many different views on a, on a certain subject. So there's a lot of a lot of stories and something like this where it, it, it gathers a lot of attention that I'm reading multiple publications to see if anybody has a different point of view on it or any different information. And I read that goddamn joke so many fucking times, Scott. I just wanted to strangle some people. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I did that. I well, did that. You know, and luckily for you, and I'm not, I'm not bullshitting because you and I are I think we're really close friends, but it's, I'm not, I'm not bull- in the same way that I'd be like, Scott, you were the shittiest joke that you had on the flip side to give you a praise. You, at least timely, were the first one I read. So I had no animosity towards you. <laughs> it's like, oh, Scott oh, made the joke you. about the Harmon, blah, blah, blah. And then by the time I got to the Suns review, I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. Everybody, everybody with goddamn Harmon. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I was doing it as the building was still shaking. So I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, like you immediately ran to your Mac, I'm like, oh, fuck, Harman. I got to do, I got to make I'm this post. the Harmon reference first. Right. And I know it's first because the building is still rattling. You're in the middle of an interview, like, oh, I got to go. <laughs> yeah. No, because everybody in our office was freaking out because they're all Vegas people and they're not used to it. And for me, it was just like, the thing they were screaming was, is this an earthquake? I'm like, no, what do you think it is? It's not. <laughs> No, it's the apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sitting there typing different. my tweet as it's happening. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Harmon. Nice. <laughs> Vegas Eater shared an update on the Lucky Dragon Casino, currently under construction just north of where Rock and Reel was and just west of the Bonanza Shopping Plaza that wasn't purchased by MGM <laughs> to turn into a hotel. Shut up. I love you so Don't much. mention that. I love you so much. I'll never live it down. <laughs> This is another one of those projects that I think the concept is great, but would be far better if placed on the strip. I mean, but I will say, if these renderings are accurate representations of what the final project will be, it is a definite must visit. I, I, this is adorable. Oh my God. Oh, do you disagree, Scott? This has. Hear. All Met Arena written all over it. Really? This is not going to happen. Really? At first, I was kind of like, I'd love if this would happen. Look at the renderings. There's a, this is not going to happen. I've made this decision in the last 24 hours. Okay. Lucky Dragon, and I'm going to say it on your podcast, so later, if people want to ridicule me for being wrong, they can play this clip. Nice. Lucky Dragon Casino will never happen. <laughs> Go to their website. And look how hard they're trying. Everything they do is every step of the way, everything they can get approved, they post on their website. They're trying so hard to be like, look, we got a certificate of appreciation from the mayor. How can this not exist as a project? We have a certificate of appreciation. Really? Every document they have, and they just keep churning out renderings because you know what? Renderings are the easiest things to do in a project. You can render all day. But they have done ground landscaping, right? They've prepared the site, no? No, they haven't done anything. They, they have a website that it's like a like a needy kind of like ex-girlfriend who's like, look at look at how okay I am. Look, I'm doing fine. Look at it. I have I'm a doing, date. Look. I'm doing way better well, without you. Look at what I'm doing now. I say that one's not happening. Nice. I, 
I, I don't I, think it's going to happen at all. Well, I, I hope you're right only because I no, can't, I want it to happen. I can't fathom I how that successfully operates. It's, I think if everything sprouts up, if SLS can stay in business, mm-hmm. if Resort World, Resorts World can grow up and Lucky Dragon can happen, it'll be a boom in that in, in that little area. And the one across from the wind, the, the uh, whatever you call it. And so that's, if that happens, it would be wonderful. Yeah, Scott, this is I not going to be the driving force of all that. This is going to be one of those where we look back and we go, the local media never once asked do you have any funding for this project? Nice. <laughs> How many EB whatever 15, what do you call them? EB5s? Right. EB6s, whatever. How many EBs do you need? People are not flooding the market with these EB investments anymore. Yeah, they should they're, they're tightening the regulations. As they should. They, yeah. You can't just put up a website and renderings and go, look at this multi-million you know, million dollar resort. It doesn't just, I, I'm so skeptical now. I know Resorts World had their groundbreaking. I know these folks have new rendering. I don't know. I, and people report it like, here's the next project that's happening. Oh, Scott, are, are, you, are you doubting Resorts World is going to build? I don't know what to say about that one. Scott. I don't know. It seems like they have some resources. Scott, I'm so with you. I don't <laughs> I don't know. They have resources, but this whole phases thing, to me, it's like, let's build... Mm, Let's put in some trees and see how that goes. See, I, I, I think let's do a pool, there's one piece of land. Pool, let's do this portion of the pool. Yeah, I, I, I think there's one tower, but not three, because three is the whole, like, they're doing it in this very I know, they're right. I think there's one piece of property that has any chance of any real development when it comes to North of Strip, and that is the former New Frontier, and only because it's across the street. From, or not far away. I mean, it's across the street from Win Encore. It's right next to the Fashion Show Mall, not far from Treasure Island. There's a connection there. The fact that Riviera just died and you're going to open another property here, really, is it, is it the circus circus people going, oh, I wish we had a really nice place we could stay. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I don't. I'm I don't. with you. I'd love for it to be. I've, I've always said, I think, of all the things, because I adore the themes in Vegas. Of all the themes available, I think the one that's missing is a proper Asian one. Imperial Palace was an abortion of an Asian theme. This is a proper Asian theme that I think I think the market is missing as far as themes go. I just think they're, they're just a little... Now, there is also a chance, I, 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 and I've always said this, the current state of the Strip is, is disconnected. Whereas before, you had, even when... What was it? Um, Desert Inn was closed when Wynn was working on all that. I think the most important thing to the Strip is you have to have a property on one side of the road. Because it's easier to walk from, let's say, all the way to Mandalay Bay. And and you get your little gaps of space where it's like, oh, there's, like, like you have the Hawaiian market. Like, oh, there's no casino here. Oh, oh. Well, there's a casino over there, Monte Carlo, and then we're going to do that. Okay, all right. So we got the. And it's the same kind of a thing. The problem is when you get to Encore... There was nothing until you got to Riviera. And that is your cutoff going, I'm not going to walk all this way without any possible opportunity to go hit a jackpot. That's just just going to work. So the only thing I think Resorts World has going for them is if they properly build it, you at least have the connection of Encore, across the street, now you're at Resorts World. 
That's true. Well, Resorts World is going to be a destination. I mean, that's going to be so Which big. It needs to if be it happens, it's going to be a destination casino. Lucky Dragon's not going to be a destination no, casino. SLS is not a destination no. casino. So those are the ones that get into trouble. you got to go big or go home. There you go, buddy. And the only thing I would say is I'm not fully on board with that an Asian theme would work, mainly because why would somebody from Asia want to go to an Asian theme casino. See, that's it's, a brilliant. I, don't get it. I, I totally agree with you, and that isn't the the market that I think it would draw. And if that is what what these properties are are hanging all of their hopes on, you're 100% right in my opinion. I think the Asian concept applies to everybody interested in Asian culture. That's it. What like World War II veterans? Who the hell cares? What, Scott, I, I think Asian it. culture is interesting. All right, okay. but on the flip side, it. <laughs> The one thing I will say is completely discrediting both of our arguments. I've never seen more French people in a property than I've seen at Paris. Wow. Unbelievable. It's really? shocking. Yes. Wow. Well, I guess, I mean, it does, in a, in a microcosm way, I see a lot of Asian people at Asian themed restaurants mm -hmm. in Vegas. Like they are, when they go old school, kind of authentic Asian food, like these noodle places, and the, I tend to see a lot of Asian people ate, eating there. Scott, I think you so, and I are just more cultured than the majority of humans on this planet. Aren't we though? We are. There's a reason I why we do a show. Hang my hat on that one. You but, should. Uh, okay. Moving on, the RJ is reporting the Tropicana's new owners, Penn National Gaming, disclosed they have no plans to rebrand the property into their Hollywood casino brand. Tropicana couldn't be reached for comment. Tropicana Boulevard. Ruin the joke. What? It was the street we were trying to reach out to. Get it? I asked the street. What do you think about this? Let's... You read this one then. <laughs> I actually, I actually think this joke turned out way better. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't read the material before. <laughs> That's okay. You and Brian, the exact. It's it's good that you're Brian's backup because you basically put the exact amount of effort in, and I love that. <laughs> Realizing that he brought about the oversaturation of the high-end market, worse than any market in U.S. history, Wynn continues to express his pessimism regarding the Vegas market, despite virtually every other gaming company on the planet. I think Vegas is the uptick. And then he does an interview where he, they ask him, would you build in Vegas? He says yes. And then he says, I might already be doing that. He's such a nice... Yeah, he's just a pose, positive. Mel's <laughs> <laughs> Vegas is... Oh, my buddy Mark is reporting that the Mirage Poker Room renovations are complete and open again, and Westgate will close their sports book in mid-June to undergo renovations that will include a video wall and new seating. The space is expected to reopen August 30. It was confirmed this week that the famous mixed restaurant and lounge located at the top of the Delano Tower at Mandalay Bay will close on June 1st to undergo long-rumored remodeling. No word when they expect to reopen. I've never they, been there. I'm so ashamed of that. They call it Delano, I think, by the way. Delano? Are you serious? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. There you That's go. what I heard. Delano. It didn't matter if it was the hotel or Delano. I'm still not yeah. fucking staying there. <laughs> they should call it Delamo. <laughs> Thank you. I'll be here all week. Duh, out of your price range. <laughs> At least I'll be here for the end of the podcast. Okay, despite disputes from the people who have been long hauling you for years, Nevada has voted. You know what? I'm going to start saying Nevada. 
Nevada has, because the other day I realized it's Spanish. I know, I saw your tweet, I loved it. Yeah, Nevada. Really, you should say Nevada. So, let me start over. Good. Despite disputes from the people who have been long hauling you for years, Nevada has voted to allow Uber and other ride hailing companies to operate in Nevada. What? What? You know what I was thinking today? I know cabbies, and they get really indignant about this. And you know what I think? Don't tell me who can give me a ride right. or who I can give a ride to. Screw you. Yep. If you don't like the competition, make your service essential. Make oh. it better. Make it more professional. Make it less expensive. But other than that, screw you. God damn you, Scott. This is why you and I are kindred spirits. I had, I, I almost said verbatim the same thing. I'm like, listen, when you don't properly, ethically manage yourself in the world we live in, somebody else will figure out a way to do it better, and you will die as a result yeah. of it. Stop telling me. I'm not safe. Stop telling me. Yes. Like all, the, all these reasons are so hollow You're and self-serving. How about have a better service? Yes. You, you know what? Compete in an open market. These people are people in the in the neighborhood in their cars, and if they want to give me a ride, and I want to use an app to find that person, don't tell me I can't do that. Yes. Don't prohibit that. So good for the Nevada legislature. It's their one good decision of 2015. But I'm, I'm looking forward to this actually happening. Absolutely. And the, and the cab companies are going to fight it tooth and nail. And the cab cab guys are going to harangue me on Twitter like they do. But you know what? I don't care. Don't tell me. Don't You're not the boss of me. I can do whatever I want. I'm the boss of me. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. And, and it's I've said this before. I, I, I don't like confrontation, uh, largely because of the rage issues that I've got, despite being on medication for it. I don't like confrontation because that's the kind of thing that can quickly just throw me into the red. But it's one of those things where I, I luckily, based on, on other people's feedback, have been able to understand that it's like, oh, are you going to long haul me and it's going to cost me more money? Okay, well, I, I will pay that money because you did this and I and I selected to to get into your cab as opposed to somebody else's. However, I won't tip you. And and I'll make a point to just be like, mm, it would have been short if we went this way. But here you go. Here's how much it cost me to get here. So, I'm with you, man. Okay, man. It's time for playing Vegas. Playing Vegas is the portion of the show where we share with you touring acts and artists performing next week in Vegas. Thursday, this week's family movie night at Container Park features Disney's Brave. Show starts at 7.30. Admission is free. Friday, Night Ranger is at the Gold Nugget. Show starts at 8 p.m. Tickets start at $32. On Saturday, Metal Meltdown featuring Twisted Sister, Extreme, Skid Row, and Great White. We're at the joint at Hard Rock. Show start at 6 p.m. Tickets start at $61. I love talking about anything Fremont Street related. <laughs> Tonic and Vertical Horizon are at the Fremont Street Experience First Street Stage. The show starts at 9 p.m. Admission is free, as are all the concerts in the Rock of Vegas free concert series on Fremont Street Experience, of which I am a fan and have to be because I work there. It's an experience to be had, I, I won't lie. Yeah, I think free concerts, it's hard to beat. 
who's going to argue with, with that? I mean, for one, like like Fremont Street Experience does a shit ton of free concerts in general. But here's a band that there's an odds are you bought a song, at least from them. You can see them for free. So, yeah. You're going to know a couple of their hits. Right. Some of these groups only have a couple of hits. So <laughs> you're going to recognize them, though. <laughs> They're just going to play really long versions of the two. <laughs> I remember reading in when VHM was doing all their behind the music, when they would talk about bands who who would tour in the '80s and stuff. How they would they would play like their hit song like two, maybe even three times during their yeah. set. Oh yeah, it's like the Boys <laughs> to Men. They come out, they do that Motown Philly song as an opener. They do a different version in the middle, like an acoustic version, <laughs> and then they do it as their encore because it's a crowd pleaser. Right. Well, I've been I've been writing about the bands that uh, Fremont Street and is going to be having this summer mm-hmm. and I, at first I don't recognize a lot of them but and so I think it's pretty easily dismissed by some people as like these are not you know top of the line kind of it's, there's no you know Bruno Mars in there but as I start looking more into the, what they've done I, I'm like you know I don't just like that I know their hit or a couple of hits their body of work is actually like these are good musicians a lot of the groups may not be the original members all the time. Right. There's a couple of key original members, but like, you know, there are quite a few of them that are the core and they've gone through, they've done touring so much, like they have mastered playing for a crowd live. Right. Right. So you're gonna hear their hits, but they're also just musically talented. Right. A lot of them are decades veterans, you know, they're, <laughs> they skew a little bit older. It's, you know, like the Blue Oyster Cult or Kansas. I mean, these are iconic groups. They're not at the freaking top of their game in, in terms of their career right. necessarily, but a lot of them are put, still putting out albums. A lot of them are just, they're just seasoned performers. Well, and let's, you know let's, you're going to be see a great rock show. Let's be honest. I mean, how amazing would it be that that is your job for your life? Something you love is, is I mean, now, obviously you had, you had a time where you were making money as fast as they could print it. But the thing is, you're still clearly doing this as a job because it you get to make enough money that you can actually live off this. That's amazing. That's right. And some of these folks have, the groups have broken up for a decade and then they'll get back together and they're just in a better place. Like these people have, they've had their infighting, their breakups, they're back together and now it's just like, hey, we, we like making money right. and we like playing music. Right. So why not go on tour and play you know, interesting venues like Fremont Street. I mean, that's for them. That's cool because ten thousand people might show up. Right. The iHeart Radio Summer Pool Party featuring uh, a lot of artists I don't recognize, like Shaggy, Kelly Clarkson, Nicki Minaj, Nick Jonas, Chris Brown, Echo Smith, and David Guetta are at the Caesar's Palace Garden of the God's Pool. There'll be a DJ from 11 to 4, and those are always really talented folks. The live performers start at 8 p.m. Admission requires a two-night stay in the properties of the Laurel Collection. All right, hold on. Here was my favorite part about the research I had to do with that. This package not only required a two-night minimum, which is pretty common in Vegas, it clearly states there's a two-night maximum. (laughs) Get the hell out! So they definitely want your money, hardcore. But get the fuck out, because we can't tolerate your ass. <laughs> oh, I thought that was hilarious. I've never seen that before. It means you uh, you lean toward a certain economic demographic, and we'd like you to stay, but not so long. Right. Please don't use the towels. 
<laughs> the right maximum. Yeah, that whole Laura collection, I was at Caesars when they came up with that idea of like, what do we call this kind of, you know, no group in our fancy Caesars room? Like, we got to think of a way to brand this stuff. So, I don't know. I, I never really understood it. But hey, if you can see the Nicki Minaj there, how well worth a two-night stay in the Laurel collection. Of see, I, I will tell you what. I, one of the things that, that I enjoy about Vegas is I like the standard accommodations. I mean, obviously, the more you upgrade, the better the experience is going to be. But what I find interesting is I, I, I want your basic package. I want to feel what that's like. What, what is the standard person feel like when they come to Vegas they're like I just want to go to Vegas I'm not rich I don't, I don't have a whole ton of disposable income I just want to have a whole lot of fun here and, and I have to say without a doubt of all the properties I've stayed at in Las Vegas the standard room that I got at Caesars hands down the most disappointing room I've ever been in in a property because it was I mean I've had other other properties that have had worse rooms and I'm, yeah. I'm not saying it was a bad room, but it's like yeah. this is for the Caesar's price. Palace. Yeah, and, and I was paying a decent price. I mean, yeah. it, it was pricey, but I was like, I'm in Caesar's Palace. Their standard room, completely unacceptable. Yeah, we got that feedback back from the day too, and it was just, it was really kind of like the prices built up an expectation yes. that couldn't be met. So yes. that was that was tough. Yep. And uh, when people went to Imperial Palace. They quickly realized I need to go back to Caesar's Palace. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man, we're going to get into coming attractions. Coming attractions is part of the show where we share acts and artists outside of the usual residencies that will be performing in Vegas in the future. You can support the show when you shop at Vegas.com and get discount prices on shows, nightclubs, flights, and just about everything Vegas, including a best price guarantee that will alert you if room rates fall below what you paid. Just go to 360VegasPodcast.com, click on one of the banners, and go about your purchase. 360Vegas and Vegas.com. Everything you need to get ready for your next trip to Vegas. Technically, you need condoms, but we're going to go with 360Vegas and Vegas.com. And maybe, if you have room in your suitcase, 12 to 14 times. Oh, Scott Zabala. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want another exclusive? Yeah, always. Oh, yeah. Okay, so what I did on my website was I built a sex survey, and I asked people questions about their activities when they're in Vegas. Oh, and it was absolutely fascinating. Oh, I can't wait. I want to hear all I haven't written about it yet. So I and I can't really remember a lot of the information. But it's fascinating. It's I ask things like, are you more adventurous in Vegas? How many times do you do it when you're in Vegas? Have you done it in public in Vegas? Do you believe that what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas? No. God, like, no. I'm just fascinated. And it turns out that a 1,000 people took this survey, 90% of them men. So it the, the male part is statistically valid. Mm. The other percentage is not. So it ends up being, it's going to be a survey about men and their right. behavior in right. Vegas. Right. For whatever reason, women just didn't take the survey. Maybe that's indicative of something, too. Let's do a live live questionnaire here. I like, I like this concept. This is coming from me, a happily married man for, I mean, I've been married for 19 years. I've been with my wife for well over 20. I think hotels in general 
are more arousing. It's just the idea of having sex in a place that isn't yours. I think it's awesome. It's pretty awesome. Yes. So here's the other question. Have you done the act? As they used to say, have you made whoopee in a public place in when you were in Las Vegas? Well, in Las Vegas. Yes. Now, now I need you to define what a public place is. Somewhere other than your hotel room. Does the balcony at a Cosmopolitan count? I'm going to say yes. I consider that a public place. I have, I have, I, yes. Balcony, <laughs> nice. Yes, Scott. Very I nice. like to be slightly adventurous, but safe at the same time. I'm like, someone could see us, but odds are they didn't. You're up so high, you're okay. Right, uh, odds are they didn't, but. They it's interesting because when you're talking about a balcony of a hotel, it really is based on what floor. Exactly. Yes. It's obscene, 15 and below, obscene, 16 and, and taller, not obscene. If I'm on the third floor, probably in, ex- obscene. incredibly inappropriate. <laughs> Well played, sir, yes. I, I don't know what it is. There's something about being in a new place. And then Vegas, in general, is just sexually charged as it is. But absolutely. Well, you know, it's something else I've always, I've always said before is that there's something about the woman that I love parading herself around in a, in a bikini that just further fuels the fire. Just like, you're hanging out at the pool for two, three hours. Like, oh. That is sweet. And I, after 20 years, I'd be surprised if anything could do that. I, I am I am an incredibly fortunate man that, and, I, and I've even said this to Karen before, I'm like, what fascinates me is, you know, obviously you have no idea, you know, what, what, what life holds for you in the future. And 20 years later, I'm like, I still find you insanely hot. And, and that is, I'm so happy that that's the case. That's sweet. Yes. If only it were reciprocated on her part. <laughs> right. After about five years, she's like, I hate this guy so much. <laughs> Cannot but he fawns over me so this much. I think idiot. I'm going to keep him around. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's another question. Yes. I'm trying to see if you're typical of the male Vegas visitor. All right. Bring it. Bring it, Scott. Have you been to a Las Vegas strip club? Is no, yes I have not. No. You have not. No. About 50% have. Here's here's one of the reasons. I know I've talked about this on the show. I don't think I've told you this. I used to work in a strip club. I used to DJ. And this is this is my naivete, is that I, I wanted to be a DJ when I was a kid. This is before DJs were what they are. Um, I, I wanted to be a DJ. and Back before they made money. Right. Yeah, I know exactly. Karen has, has always been a big supporter of dreams and, and the idea that I... I well, that, anybody who knows me knows I am fiercely loyal to those who I trust. And of course, my wife, you know, above all, I, I'm fiercely loyal to. So uh, the idea of cheating was never really anything that she needed to be concerned about. It was literally me chasing a, a, a foolhardy dream that DJing in a goddamn strip club somehow meant something. It didn't take long for me to figure it out. But one of the reasons why I could work in a, in a strip club is I just didn't get it. Like, I got the idea <laughs> of getting with your buddies and kind of encourage them like oh yeah buddy you're gonna do this. but for me I, i'm such an analyst i'm such a realist that i'm like you you do know there's no chance we're gonna like like the best we can have is just to enjoy like wow I, they're dancing and they're doing whatever it's good music whatever we're drinking we're having a good time none of us are fucking this woman You're like you all know that right like this is this is one without it like they're literally the lottery is probably only slightly a, a worse bet than you actually having sex with these women. Although, unless you want to make it rain, there, there's a chance there. But 
I, I just which I, I proved in my uh, motor court adventure. <laughs> <laughs> right. There's no sex in the champagne room, and there's no sex at the motor court. Right. That's what, <laughs> two lessons you can learn. But I, it just didn't do anything for me. Like I was the guy that that got to know all the girls and blah 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 of their stories and whatnot, which were interesting. But it just I just didn't get it. So the idea of going to a Vegas strip club, not appealing to me. Now we have seen topless shows. And I have to say, my ratings have always been skewed because I'm like, ultimately, if it was an awful show, you still let me see your boobs. So I got to give you at least like a three out of five. <laughs> no, no, it's good to have a low bar. See, thank you. Right, now here's another question. Okay. Have you been, ever been to a Nevada brothel? No, not even close. Very few people have, mm-hmm. honestly. It's maybe four or five percent. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been to a Las Vegas swingers club? No. Very interesting, because that's actually a very small number as well. So, it's um, you seem to be. Thank you for your honesty and your answers. Absolutely. <laughs> now I'm feeling motivated to get those results out because I find it very interesting the difference between maybe the perception of what's happening, what's really happening. Right. This whole idea of a lot of people said in the survey that they believe that what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, which. Oh. To me, seems ridiculous, but yeah, uh, and, and it doesn't really that they believe it. Like I've literally argued with the Las Vegas Visitors Convention Authority that I'm like, that's ridiculous. I've literally created an entire story around the concept that whatever happens in Vegas, I will tell you, so you can be entertained. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, it's even worse on blogs and podcasts because yeah. what happens here is is shouted from the rooftops. Right. <laughs> All right. So now we're going to actually provide the information we promised 45 minutes ago. Five Finger Death Punch, Papa Roach, and In This Moment are performing at The Joint at Hard Rock on Saturday, September 19. Shows start at 5.30 p.m. Tickets start at um, I love 40. I love that you're, like, beyond Brian, you're the other person who's like, oh, Mark didn't finish the notes. Like, yes, Mark didn't finish the notes. I'm going to go with 45 bucks. Seems reasonable to me. The Kids in the Hall are performing in Treasure Island's Mystere Theater Friday, June 5th. Show starts at 9 p.m. Tickets start at 66. However, you can get $11 off per ticket for the show if you go through us and Vegas.com. Oh, my God. I love Kids in the Hall. Oh, I was so going to ask you. Yeah. I adored it. Like, I was I was a little too young for Monty Python. Didn't didn't really get it. But I, I very clearly remember in junior high discovering Kids in Hall and just became obsessed with them. Oh, my God. Like, some of the earliest things, obviously, I, I'm somewhat media or new media savvy and and that we have a podcast and a blog and blah, blah, blah. But I've said before, like, the first, my first foray into, into media was short films. And I remember some of the earliest short films I ever did was from my parents' fucking VHS recorder and reenacting Kids in the Hall sketches. <laughs> I'm not bullshitting you. Nice. I'm crashing your head. Oh my God, Scott, that was one of them. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Nice. I would, I would go see that. I assume it's the original group. It is. That would, it's not like a band where you no, can. No, no, no. It's totally them. the original group. Yep. Oh, cool. I would do that. Absolutely. That's on, I, I've learned so much from today's podcast. Good. I'm now crushing Eddie Izzard's head because uh, he's performing at... Uh, that's a person, right? Not a group. Eddie Izzard is a person. 
Okay. I always think of, I don't know why, I always think of turkeys and their inner. It's not far off. The name is so unique that you're, you're quite right. It could very much be fake. And he's performing at the Pearl at the Palms on Friday and Saturday, June 12 and 13. The show starts at 8 p.m. The tickets start at $61. I highly recommend anything happening at the Palms, mainly because my uh, beautiful girlfriend works there now. So you sound a bitch. Although I do have to say the Palms are... Property. It's one of those properties that I've said, if you were on the strip, you'd be in my top five. Yes. Yeah. And you want to hear some scoop? Oh, some scoop? Scott, always. So, sadly, Simon Restaurant is closing. Right. And the new restaurant, their food is going to be awesome. That is my prediction. You son of a bitch. I don't know the name of it. It's going to be absolutely delicious. How dare you? I'm, gonna, I'm editing that right out. <laughs> what? No, I'm going to leave it in because I, I, I find it amusing. <laughs> And lastly, Kenny Chesney is performing at the Join in Hard Rock Friday and Saturday, July 3rd and 4th. Show starts at 8 p.m. Tickets start at $161. Oh my see, God, go to the strip club. Yeah, see, this is... Get this five is or why. six lap dances and skip the Chesney. <laughs> yeah, I don't get lap dances either. I'm like, ultimately, this doesn't end where we all want it to end, so what's the point? Yeah, is he a country person? Kenny Chesney, he is, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, pretty much take your $161 and go to uh, Giada and and pay, pay for a piece of bread. <laughs> it's totally worth more than a Kenny Chesney concert. Just a little appetizer. <laughs> you and I are so similar. Or be savoir. Get a, get a, get a, uh, you know what is the most delicious part of a turkey? The izzard. Get that. It's about going to be at 161 bucks. I believe it's pronounced but gizzard, but I, I get where you're going. <laughs> oh, All right. Don't 25 stop. days left until we're hanging out again. I know, man. We got to go hit the... Um, well, we're just going to do whatever's on your extravaganza. Scott, I don't... Schedule, I don't, I don't, I don't, gonna, I don't yeah, want to blow the minds of, of, of our various venue, listeners, every, but um, I will be there a couple days before. Oh. Those are for you. <laughs> We need to reap the rewards of our gaming expertise uh, so that we can lavish free drinks upon the... Scott, there aren't too many things I won't follow you on. Let's just make that clear. I enjoy your company to that extent. I agree wholeheartedly. So don't forget, Mark, that you can find links to purchase tickets to these and all the artists we report on in our coming attractions calendar on the blog. And sadly... We are too drunk to continue the podcast, so we're going to wrap it up. Yes. That'll do it for episode 169. And you know what I like about the number 169 is... <laughs> hey, you want an exclusive? Yes. I've had enough liquor. I'm going to give you an exclusive. April Fool's Day? I'm going to tell you this, you're, because you're going to forget by the time it's April Fool's. <laughs> it's the worst I'm part is right. I'm going to write a fake story about casinos that have gotten complaints about people who play bingo when the number 069 is called they've gotten complaints so they're going to create a policy about how the number will be called so that will not offend the older uh, people playing bingo so i'm telling you right now that's one of the stories i'm going to do so you don't share it as if it's a true story totally going to share it you know what would be the best thing Oh, in a perfect world, <laughs> is if for some reason, uh, you know, uh, Brian can't do that show, and I'm reporting that story while you're the ghost. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, I enjoy our time I will together. go the entire show not telling you. Right? I know. Totally. Let me do I'm it. Edit it and then release it. it. Once I release it, then go, oh, by the way. <laughs> yep. Shame you on the social media. Yes. As you should. Public shamings are actually a great way to uh, build a community. Yeah. Social media. Yeah. I... Uh, Believe me, I rely on that a lot. The more I'm shamed, the bigger my audience grows. So F the haters. Right. All right. So thank you, everyone, for listening, despite my being the guest host. Uh, we appreciate you downloading the show. Truly appreciate it. If you would like to check out any of the stories on today's show, you can do so on the blog, 360vegaspodcast.com. You can also hear from our guest host on his incredible blog that he would never come on the show to plug, vitalvegas.com. You can support the show via PayPal donations, buying stuff from the merchandise store, zazzle.com slash 360vegas, or help others find the show uh, by reviewing it on iTunes. If you'd like to send some feedback, written or audio, why don't people send more audio feedback? I don't know. I'm highly encouraging, and especially it's a tough. Think about our entire 360 Vegas Reviews concept is based around an audio recording we make just after we experience whatever it is that we're doing. So I don't know. I, I really hope people embrace that more because I, I think it, it's a quality medium that is highly underserved. Yeah, I think it's when you're out and about, you sort of don't think to do it or you think... I don't have the technical expertise to do it, but if you record on your phone, you can go back and find that sound file, and it'll give you the option to forward it to yes. email, and it's an easy email to remember, 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. You send it, it's going to be very good sound quality usually because you're just holding your phone up to your mouth, right. and you'll get some ambient sound, you'll get some... It'll be fresh in your mind because you've just done whatever the thing is. Sharing or your do experience it while you're doing the thing. Yeah, I mean, sharing your like experience with us while you're experiencing it, or just after you re- you've experienced it. I I love it. That would be great. I need to do that more too yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm fascinating, and why not imbue your show with my being fascinating? <laughs> you've got out your own area. People do right, but if people do those reviews, they're the average person coming to Vegas thinks, well, I'm just one person. But really, I want to hear what you thought. I'm global. Hear- Let's just put that out there. I'm global. Your opinion will be broadcast around the world. Yeah, you'll be broadcast around the so world. So you should, uh, I'm kind of important. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. <laughs> I didn't know if you knew that. <laughs> it's true. It's amazing uh, seeing, because I'm kind of fanatical about stats on my blog and yeah. seeing like the, the people that are interested in Vegas pretty mind-bending interested I, in is just amazing to totally me. there are countries I literally have never heard of right. <laughs> looking at like 15 things you didn't know about strippers in Vegas or how to have sex on a high roller like you're you're in Paraguay and you're interested in having sex on a high roller like I don't even know if you can you you speak my language how the hell are you reading this right yeah. I don't. Yeah, I don't have a, a Paraguayan uh, version of my. Oh. Yeah, I, I think technology's a little bit ahead of us. <laughs> People from Paraguay are awesome. They're into all the dirtiest things on my site. If I have something about, like, I wrote something about that brothel in uh, whatever. What's the name of it? The one that was on TV. Anyway, oh, the Bunny Ranch. People from Paraguay dig brothels. And they bring, they want to learn more about strippers. So I admire their, you know, you're in Paraguay, what kind of job do you have? If you have a job, um, what, like making shoes or being, 
whatever. So, <laughs> and then you're, you know, like, I aspire to someday go to a strip club. I want to know what happens in the champagne room. My God, I, I think this is almost an experience you and I have to have. Like, I think you and I in a strip club would just be the giggliest, most idiots that have <laughs> well, <laughs> we'd be amusing at, at ourselves time, far see, beyond the women barely dressed. You are inured to it because you worked in a strip club. I'm inured to it because I'm middle-aged. So there's no sexual component to going to a strip club. Right. To me, it's all about the fascinating culture yeah. of... These people are professional salespeople. Yes, yes. They are selling a product selling that their, is their also wares. on display, but they're not there. They're not entertainers. They've they might be entertaining, this. but what they're there to do is sell. Yeah. They are there to sell a product. They're there to sell a product that's never going to actually be <laughs> delivered. <laughs> that the promise the of a product, Scott, not an actual product. Right. It's the promise of a product. A virtual a virtual thing and they are so good at it and they're skilled in the in or uh, or or our sex is incredibly stupid <laughs> no that's a good point it's probably the latter let's we're be honest really, yeah we're not we're, really we are not the brightest i understand we run the majority of the world but the world's yeah. pretty fucked up so <laughs> <laughs> let's make war right. that we have down that we can do there you go anything else i wouldn't trust this to do are we I just want to make this show last forever. <laughs> Always. Scott, come on. We got 25 days and we're hanging out. <laughs> well, thank you ha for having me on. Always thank a pleasure. Thank you for um, the shout outs on the social medias. You I earned enjoy it. the show even between the weeks when I'm on. Oh, see. I like the other guy. Uh, he's not my favorite co host, but he, I guess he's among them. Nice. <laughs> nice. Always a pleasure, my friend. Greatly looking forward to spending some significant time with you, whether it be alone or with others. Mostly alone. Let's, let's do it. <laughs> but uh, for those of you enjoying the show, we'll see you next week. Hey.